Welcome to the Christ Center Journey Devotional, a ministry of Christ Center Community Church in Clifton, Illinois. I'm your host, Pastor Dan Shipton, and here's today's devotional. Good morning, and we welcome you. It is St. Patrick's Day today, and you know, I know uh, many of us, even though we're not Catholic, we're going to be celebrating St. Patrick's Day, which is a good thing because St. Pat- Patrick was a wonderful, wonderful saint of God. He had been kidnapped when he was young, um, was put into slavery by some of the people in Ireland, and then when he became a priest, he wanted to go back to Ireland to reach those people who had done him wrong. You know, that's the epitome of forgiveness, and you and I should be living our lives in such a way that we are forgiving that way. You know, that's following in the footsteps of Christ, who on the cross looked around at all the things that were going on and the people and all the things that they were doing and looked to God and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know, we sometimes get caught up in all the things that are going on in our world and we forget that God's still in control. And so today, I hope when you're celebrating St. Patrick's Day, it's not just about having fun, but that you can actually remember that He was a person of God who actually did some great things and had a great heart of forgiveness. Well, our study today, we're going to be continuing looking at John chapter 11. And we're going to go down to, uh, we ended at verse 16 yesterday. We've been talking the last couple of days about how they came to Jesus. They told him that Lazarus was sick. And we're in John chapter 11, going to start at verse 17 today. And Jesus had waited, and we talked a lot in the last couple of days about the reasons why Jesus waits. Sometimes he waits because he wants it to be the right time. Sometimes he's got a bigger plan in mind. We have to be in Christ, in God's hands, to really understand that he's in control, even when we don't really get why things are happening the way they are. So we're going to go over to verse 17 in John chapter 11. So John chapter 11, verse 17, and I hope you have your Bibles with you. Um, We had left off, even even his disciples didn't know why they were going back to Jerusalem at this time, because Lazarus has died, and here they come to Jerusalem, or not to Jerusalem, but to Bethany, just outside of Jerusalem. In verse 17 it says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now remember what I said yesterday. Keep this in mind. I want to pause here. Keep this in mind. In the Jewish belief, they believed the prophet because way back, you know, Elijah had raised the widow's son. And they'd seen prophets raise the dead. But it's always been within a day of when the person died. If somebody is buried... They've been dead for more than 24 hours because they tried to get you buried by the second day so that you didn't smell things up. You know, I mean, that's just the honest truth back then. So when you talk about somebody who's been in the grave for three days, he died four days earlier. You know, here he's, you know, this is an impossibility in their mind. Uh, You know, they might say, okay, two days, you know, but you're getting to three and four days, you're stretching it. And this is why this is such a significant thing for Jewish people to understand the power that Jesus has over death. So let's begin again. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had been 
already in the tomb for four days. Four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in their loss of their brother. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know, even now, God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, or they that believe in me, will live even though they die. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she said. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. After she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and asking for you. Um, we are reading through verse 28 today. Well, one of the things we have to really look at when we look at this passage is that human nature often when we're going through struggles when we're going through trials when we're going through hard times human nature in anger often lashes out in unimaginable ways and we often lash out to the very ones that are close to us um, I once heard somebody say I think it's I may not get it quite right the quote but it's like pain begets pain in other words, what they're saying is somebody who's in pain often inflicts pain on somebody else. And I've seen this time and time again. People who are hurting because they're, they're not dealing with whatever the situation is they're going through. They often lash out. They often, you know, they, they, they get angry with the people closest to them, their own family members. And I've seen some people who go through major sickness. You know, you, know, you got this idea, you watch people go through cancer and other things, and some people go through it with poise and they trust God and it seems like okay they're this great saint and we don't understand if we could go through that we don't know and I've seen other people who are still believers but they're so angry because of the pain and the hurt that they're in that they lash out I've even seen people who are relatives of people who are suffering and they're so angry because what they're doing is they don't really want to lash out against God so they lash out against everybody around them and sometimes people even do lash out against God Human nature wants to blame someone for their situation. It's got to be someone's fault. They got to fix it. It's got to be someone's fault. I got to have somebody to blame. When sometimes we go through things, unfortunately, that are our own fault, and sometimes we go through things such as sickness that is nobody's fault. It's out of our hands and out of our control. And because we're out of control, we are angry and we want to blame somebody so we can't blame anybody else. So we eventually blame God. And here Martha is looking at Jesus. He comes after Lazarus has been in the grave four days. He comes. And the first thing she says is not, oh, Lord, we're glad you're here. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for coming. Oh, and cry upon his shoulder. She looks at him and says... 
to him. If you'd have been here, Lord, my brother wouldn't have died. She's lashing out in her own way. No matter how calm she was, that's what she's doing. She's putting the blame on Jesus. Why didn't you come when we sent for help? If you'd have come, he would be alive. Often we do that with Jesus. Blaming Jesus. Blaming God. Questioning in grief and pain. And then they get into this deep discussion very quickly because Jesus' response is, your brother's going to live again. And she says, hey, I know there's a resurrection. It just proves that she believes in the resurrection many people in Jesus' time did. She believes that one day, just as you and I do, we're all going to rise again and we're going to be in heaven with God and it's going to be an awesome thing for those who are followers of God. But Jesus looks at her and he says, hey, I am the resurrection and the life. Anybody who puts their faith in me is going to live and they're going to live for eternity. And she admits she understands that part. He is the resurrection in life because he is the son of God, the Messiah. But in her mind, she hasn't really grasped what that means yet. In her mind, it's still all about, all about the future. She's living in the future. Jesus is teaching his followers that he's the resurrection and the life. That's the whole intent of this account of Lazarus. And that's why I'm slowly going through this passage this week. I don't want to rush it. I want you to understand when the disciples were back waiting and wondering why Jesus wasn't going for a few days to see Lazarus and why they're going now that he's dead and he's saying this is a good thing. And now that he's with Martha and Martha's saying, hey, if you'd only been here and she's lashing out. He's saying, I am still the resurrection and the life. I am in control of this. If we go down further in the story, it says, you know, if you skip ahead, when he approached the tomb down in uh, verse, I think it's down in verse 37. Yeah, verse 37 says, but when some of them said, when he approached the tomb, some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? The people who were there are all in the same place as the disciples and Martha and Mary, and they're basically saying, hey, dude, why didn't you come and save Lazarus? We know you had the power to heal, and here you are, now he's dead. And Jesus is there saying, hey, I'm here for a greater purpose. My time here is short. But you need to grasp that I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way to eternity. I am the way to eternal life. And they hadn't grasped that yet. They hadn't grasped the truth that the reason the Messiah came was to give eternal life. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 9 through 12, he says, We know in part, we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part will disappear. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I walked like a child, but when I became a man, I put my ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection, as in a mirror, 
Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And what Paul means is, sometimes we don't get what God's doing. All these people, the disciples at the time, John is saying, this story is important because I want you to believe that Jesus is the resurrection in life. But get this, when we were the disciples following at the time, we didn't get it. We didn't get it until Lazarus was raised from the dead. And until, really, they didn't get it completely until Jesus rose from the grave. Sometimes we don't get what God's doing. Sometimes we want to blame God. Sometimes we are not trusting God when we need to. So here's what I want to ask you today. How are you doing about putting your faith in Christ? Is he your hope of eternity? Is he your hope of salvation? Is he your resurrection in life? Because according to scripture, he is the only way. Boy, I know I'm making some people out there upset by saying that. Because I was just reading yesterday, somebody had a big anger issue because what do you mean you only believe there's one way? You're one of those people. I'm not one of those people. I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a follower of the scriptures which tell us there's one God. There's one hope. There's one Christ. Not many ways to heaven, but one way to heaven. And that's through Jesus Christ who we have to put our faith in. So if you're somebody today who's never done that, and you're hearing what I'm saying, that Jesus is the resurrection in life, and he's the way to heaven, trust me. That's the whole reason John wrote his book in the Bible. So that people would understand he's the way, the truth, the life, the resurrection. And we got to put our faith in him. If you're a follower of Christ today, and you've been following a while, maybe you need to be revived in his power. And maybe you're struggling to trust him, and maybe you're a little more like Martha because of the situations you're in, and you're starting to blame God, and you're starting to yell at God. Today's the day to put your faith in God. Trust in him with all your heart. Don't lean on your understanding. Because the only thing, when we look at that verse in Proverbs, by the way, that's going to be blessed is his work. What he's doing in your life. What you've trusted him to do. And ultimately, the greatest thing is, he'll secure your life in heaven as long as you stay faithful to him. Lay it down, leave your worries with him, and know he is the resurrection and life for you. Father, today I pray if there are any of those out there today who've never accepted Christ, that you would help them to have the assurance that they can be forgiven of their sins, that they can have a new life in you, and it's an eternal life that will one day get us to heaven. Help them to realize you are the way, the truth, and the life, and there is no other way. For those that are struggling today, I pray that you will bless them. Bless them, Lord God. Put, let them put their faith in you. Today, Jesus, I pray that you will be with the needs of our hearts and our souls. As yesterday, we heard that Troy needs your blessing. It's a friend of Jennifer's son, and I just ask that you touch him as he's sick. Remove the illness from him. Be with Mike. Continue to strengthen his lungs and let him... Be stronger and help him to get good news. 
I pray that you continue to be with Bill and his wife. Be with Ernie today, Lord God. Strengthen him as they're hoping to get him home from the hospital soon. Continue to help Jennifer each day with her healing process after this hip surgery. Be with Emily in her studies and be with all the area around us and people who need jobs and other things. We pray for your blessings today. We pray that you bless our church, bring new families in, bless the outreaches that we're doing through Easter, help the Easter egg hunt outreach to be a blessing, not just to have fun, Lord, but that we can meet people and we can have new families become part of the church, become part of your family. Help us to be the witnesses we should be today, Lord God, shining your light into others' lives and not showing anger, not bitterness, but love. Help us to be more like those who've come before us, who've forgiven others and shown your love and your grace in that you are the resurrection to the world. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope that God blesses you today on your journey. If you're somebody who is either struggling in their faith or maybe you're at a point in your life where you're starting to say, I want to believe in Christ, I want to put my faith in him, or maybe you did put your faith in him while I was praying today, please don't hesitate to contact us. You can uh, message me on Facebook if you're on the Facebook. And if not, you can go to ChristCenterCommunity.org. That's ChristCenterCommunity.org. There is a place to leave prayer requests there, and it will be sent to me directly. And uh, you can let me know that you accepted Christ today and you want some extra prayer, and I'll pray for you. If you have a prayer need, you can send it in that way. Um, if you're somebody that's closer to us and knows my uh, phone number and stuff, you can always text, and we'll try to add that on as well. And God bless you today on your journey with Jesus, and I hope that God blesses you enough so that you can bless others around you. Thank you for joining us for today's Christ-Centered Journey Devotional, a ministry of Christ Center Community Church in Clifton, Illinois. We meet Sundays at 1020 and go online live at YouTube and Facebook at about 1030 each Sunday morning. For more information on our church or how you can help us financially, please visit ChristCenterCommunity.org. May God bless you on your journey with Jesus.